Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. But I want you to hear this morning as we focus upon the person of the Holy Spirit, who He is, and our pursuit after Him is so important. And today, this title alone could uh, affect or even... Uh, challenge you, but what I want us to look at today, one of the most debated and misunderstood Bible doctrines is the study of pneumatology, That's the, which is the study of the Holy Spirit, and it is also the study of our spirit. Uh, but I want us to think about something today because in this study, oftentimes people think of the Holy Spirit as a kind of separate force or an energy or a being. Uh, someone, something like sometimes that they might encounter in Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever. Uh, but many think of the Holy Spirit also as a person. Others think of the Holy Spirit as a separate force that is projected by God. With all of these ideas, I want us to look today, beginning this understanding as we coming into the Feast of Pentecost and as we begin to understand the very uh, purpose of the Holy Spirit, who He is. I think today I want us to look in the Word of God and define the Holy Spirit. So first of all, I want us to begin in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. One of the first places that we see uh, or encounter the understanding or the work of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Genesis 1-2, it says, And the earth was without form. Genesis 1-2, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. First, the first understanding we need to see about the Holy Spirit is by this fact, this verse calls him what? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And it says that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Well, let's look in the New Testament. Let's look today in John chapter 4, verse 24. John 4, verse 24. If you look at that scripture, uh, it defines God. The Bible says in John 4, 24, it says, God is a spirit. You see that? So John 1 and John 4, I mean Genesis 1 and John 4, Tell us that God is a spirit or the spirit of God. They're the same, synonymous. If the Holy Spirit then is a separate entity or force, then does that not mean that the spirit of God belongs to God? Is that what that means? If we look at, and sometimes the idea that comes out from people and they say, well, uh, you know, I believe that, the, that God is here and the Holy Spirit is like an energy that comes out from God. Uh, no, that's not what it is. That's not who he is. Oftentimes we don't even realize what our doctrines are. Oftentimes, we are already defined, but we don't understand why we believe it. My point is, is this, is that if we believe that the Holy Spirit is a separate entity or force, that then does the Spirit of God belong to God? You see? See, first, let's look today. Let's define something. First, we need to see, according to John 1, 5, 7, it says there in John, 1 John 5, 7, that's 1 John or 1 John 5, 7, it gives us an understanding, an indication of who God is. The Bible says there in 1 John 5, 7, 
it says that the Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, or the Spirit of God, they are one. It says that the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, they are one. It says they are three, but they are one. Why does it do that? Why is it said like that? See, oftentimes when we look at the Word of God, we'll find things within the Word of God that just don't quite make understanding to us in the moment when we read it. But you know the reason why God did that and the way he wrote it that way and purposed it that way, one is so that it could go across the whole spectrum of how people think, of how we can understand, because he's really defining himself so we can understand himself, so we can begin to understand ourselves and the work that he's done for us, what we possess today, what we have, it's not confusing at all. And, it, and when, when we don't understand, it's because we have not been taught or we do not yet have developed or we do not yet uh, have just uh, the knowledge yet, but that's something we need to pursue after. The reason why we need to pursue after that is so we can have a good understanding of why we believe what we believe. Because this in this area means what you will pursue after. Because we pursue after God according to knowledge. We will pursue after his will according to knowledge. We'll pursue after God's heart according to knowledge. If our knowledge is not based, or our understandings are not based upon his will and his purpose and who he is, then we'll just by nature pursue after things that we desire ourselves and hope God will fulfill that. Are you hearing me today? I tell you, it's so important. You know, as the person of the Holy Spirit is God and has the same attributes and power of God, the Holy Spirit is referred to as He, which demonstrates that the Bible is clear about the Holy Spirit being a purpose, a person. Uh, it's clear about the Holy Spirit being a per person. You see, uh, oftentimes we refer to uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as the Trinity, the Holy Trinity. We say that the Holy Spirit is co-equal in authority as the Father and Son, which is important that we understand that. But we don't serve three gods. No, it's one God. You see, the reason why he says it that way, again, is for us to define in our thinking so we can come to an understanding and a confidence and a conclusion who he is, that we can understand God in a deeper, more intimate way so we can understand to have how to have fellowship and to pursue after him in, a, in the right way, how that we can communicate to him in the right way, how we can bring the protocol of coming before him with praise and thanksgiving in our heart so we can come boldly before him in the right way, so we can have an understanding that we're not confused it's so that we have it more defined. You see, John 15, 26 and 27. John 15, 26 and 27 says this. It says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, I give, it, I give unto you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, we miss the point oftentimes of why God demonstrates himself and the word itself, the way it explains things. And this is why it's so important that we have good sound teaching, that we begin to meditate, we begin to think about, we study the word of God, we get into the word of God because for one, oftentimes when it comes to the Holy Spirit, many people oftentimes pursue the power instead of the person. But listen, oftentimes we want to understand more about him, but let me just say something to you today. We don't want to begin to pursue for power. We don't want to follow for what we get. We don't want to do what we do for recognition. We don't want to go just to become. We don't want to give to only get. We don't want to love to be loved. We don't want to pray to impress. And we don't want to address to draw. We don't want to sing to be heard. We don't want to relate for a position. We pursue to serve. We love to cover. We sow to grow. We pray to change. We go to save. We humble to know. We die to live. We give because we do not own. We plant to build. You see, we need to have an understanding of the person in whom we are pursuing so that we can begin to become what we're called to become, so we can do what God's called us to do, so we can have what he says we can have. But so oftentimes, people see him as theirs to direct for themselves. That his work was simply to baptize them into God's salvation or to make them produce good moral attributes as the fruit of the Spirit or to give them gifts, special powers to function in. But we miss the purpose and focus. Teach and talk more on these things rather than on the person himself. So today, as we're going into the time of Pentecost, I want to introduce you to my friend, the Holy Ghost. I don't want to present myself to you. I'm presenting you today. I'm presenting Christ to you today. I'm presenting the power, the demonstration, the person in whom we serve. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.10. Paul says, we become fools to present Christ. I wondered why Jesus told his disciples, he said, don't be afraid. He told them, he says, I'm going to send a comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. He's going to teach you. He's going to show you. He's going to help you. He's going to do all these things for you, but don't be afraid. I wonder why as believers, oftentimes we are fearful of what the Holy Spirit might produce. You know, the Holy Spirit's not weird. I want you to think about that for a moment. 1 Corinthians 4.10, Paul says this. He says that he's become, we become fools for Christ. We become fools for Christ. What for? What's he saying there? See, oftentimes we, we don't want to be foolish for God. We got too much dignity. We're, we're too afraid that we might yield something and we might become something that might be foolish to the world, foolish to other people. Paul said, We become fools for Christ's sake. 
And then he says to them, in, in most of the translations, if you actually study that out, and I like what the New Living Translation says, but you say that you're wise in Christ. Why? Because you're not a fool for Christ. Isn't that something? And this is not just a uh, teaching here that he's trying to bring. He's also trying to bring edification to exhort the church in an understanding that they have become slaves or servants to, the, to present Christ everywhere that they go. They become witnesses to testify of who he is everywhere they are. You know, Jesus' death on the cross, his burial and resurrection, his ascension is enough to save everyone to all those who will believe upon him and call upon him as the Lord and Son of God, resurrected. But let me just say this, Jesus did not stop there. Jesus said later, and all, and let me just say this, this has been his plan from the beginning, and here's what I'm referring to, that the very Spirit of Christ, the very Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, will come upon you and not just be in you, but upon you, he'll be with you and in you that you might be a fool for Christ, that we might be a witness and to testify not just of what he has done in his goodness toward us, but who he is, to present Christ to the world. You know, I love what my first pastor told me, and he said this, I'll never forget it. He's in heaven, he's with the Lord today. I was born again under his ministry. His name was B.A. Reeves, B.A. Reeves, Ben Reeves. And he said this, he said, too many people have the Holy Ghost and not enough people the Holy Ghost has. Did you hear that? Too many people have the Holy Ghost and not enough people the Holy Ghost has. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? That's a powerful word, isn't it? You know, I learned from the Word of God to listen more than talking. I was always waiting to hear more of and about Christ, learning even from the smallest details. I picked that up one time when he said that. That wasn't in a message. That was when I was just listening, listening and hearing. You know, one of the things I learned was that those who had been serving God had been positioned in a particular place for my benefit and for the kingdom of God's benefit. They'd went through something. They'd been conditioned over time. How they've been conditioned is very important too. But I remember one of the things that I heard him say, this wasn't in a sermon. And you see, you can hear a sermon, watch a program, but the personal shaping and molding of the person that you're hearing from, you might not ever get to experience or understand. So there's some knowledge, it feels good, we like it and all of that and it speaks to us, but to actually process and grow is about the association of who you submitted to and who you connected to, by what they've been through and what they've been conditioned from. Are you hearing me? And not everybody's going to be uh, called into various places. This is why we're called to make disciples as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why disciples make disciples. When we pursue the person of Christ, the works that you see in the Word of God will follow. We're oftentimes chasing the works. We want the fruit, but we don't want the person. 
You pursue, you pursue the person, you're going to get the works, you're going to get the fruit. This is where the manifestations happen. This is where the miracles happen. See, oftentimes we get it backwards. And when we get it backwards, oftentimes it wasn't even the Holy Spirit that produced that work. Are you hearing me today? The Bible says that. teaches us that. We need not to pursue those things. We need to pursue after Christ. We need to desire we need to desire those things because of love. love. Love motivates us to edify, to build, to compact, to heal, to deliver, to do the works of the power uh, that, that you see that, that are produced by the Holy Spirit. But we're, it's not for us, and it wasn't about us. It's about presenting Christ to the world, presenting Christ to the body. You see, how do we do that? We need to have the attitude of our heart in the right place. Is your heart in that place? See, oftentimes we, we, we think, well, I'm going to get into that place and we'll put our favorite song on and we'll, we'll listen to that. That's the preconditioning part of turning your heart to him. But then we need to go into a place of what many times we call prayer. Or let me just say it like this. We need to get into a, to a point that that turns into personal conversation, personalized conversation, just having a conversation with the Holy Ghost. And oftentimes, we need to not just be quick to speak, but be quick to hear. We need to, sometimes we go into it talking, but we need to just slow down and say, yeah, okay, what do you want? How, what is it? What's keeping that back? What am I? Uh, because oftentimes, we're looking outwardly instead of inwardly. See, who are you presenting today? Is it him? Who are you presenting today? When you're pursuing the person of Christ according to knowledge and not according to personal fulfillment, here is where you'll begin to come to growth. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he says, for all of us followers, for every one of us today, that we should seek him, seek his kingdom, seek his will, seek his purpose and what he is doing in the earth today. You know, Paul, if I was to do a teaching on 1 Corinthians 4, I tell you, it's a powerful teaching. I'm not going to do that today or even in this understanding, but there's some uh, relevance here. And he was telling the church, and he was telling them, he said, listen, one day we're all going to stand before God. Right now, it's not, we're not trying to see who's the best and who's got the biggest whatever. This is about building the kingdom of God. And in that day, when we stand before him, we're all going to know exactly why we did what we did. And there's going to be a lot of people that's going to get a lot of praise that you thought uh, you, you didn't even know. And the people you thought should be getting that praise won't even be getting a reward. Paul said that. I tell you, that's unique, isn't it? You know, I believe today as the church, we need to begin to see things a bit differently because you can't please the world and please God at the same time. You can't please the world and please God at the same time. The culture of the world is against Christ and about themselves. They're okay if you do things their way. They want the hands of Christ, but not Christ himself. But oftentimes in the church, we want the power of Christ, but not Christ himself. We want the provision of God, but not God himself. Why? Because there might be a demand to grow, to change, and be a fool for Christ. Because we are called to present him to the world while we have life. In this body, while we have time, as the church, as we're building. Now listen, that can be very controversial. 
Because it's a because oftentimes in that area right there, when we have particular studies on pneumatology and things of that nature, we oftentimes create Christ according to our creed instead of create our creed according to Christ. You see, Jesus said thirdly in John 14, 26, John 14, 26, he said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said that in John 15 too. John 14, he said it again. You know, I think about this because he says here he calls him the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. I want us to recognize the person of the Holy Spirit here just for a moment today. I want us to look at something out of Luke 24. Luke 24, verse 32. Today, the helper, the Holy Spirit, who will teach us all things, who will guide us and who will lead us. The Bible says he will bring all things back to remembrance. You know, the peace that he's referring to is a place of condition. It's a condition of who you are. It's not the absence of conflict. Peace is not where everything is going okay and everything is all right. Peace is the condition of who you are. And the Bible says peace will guard your heart and your mind. Remember what Romans says. It says that the kingdom of God is not in, not in meat or drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. Peace is the condition of who you are, what you carry, what you walk in, how you walk, how you think, how you talk, who you are. Peace is the condition of your being. And when the Holy Spirit is in that place and he is he is. Uh, if I can say it like this, he is taking that first place, that relationship with the person of Christ. Peace will be filled in you. Jesus said that that peace that I have, I'm going to give to you. So why? So that way when all the conditions of life are trying to weigh you down and, and to control you, there's a peace that passes all understanding. There's a peace that passes all understanding. People will be going, how come you're not freaking out because of all these things? Well, there's a peace that passes all understanding. Come on. I don't understand what everything is going on. I don't understand everything. I don't understand. That's okay. I got peace. I don't have to understand. I know, I know who I understand. I know my teacher. I know my guide. I know my helper. I know my comforter. I don't have to understand everything. And are you with me? Because everything's not working out the way I thought it was going to work out. And everything's not going the way I thought it was going to go. Everything that seems like it's just coming against, and there all this stuff is happening. I'm hearing a lot of negative things out there in the world coming towards me. I see a lot of negative things, but there's a peace. That passes all understanding. Why? Because I know in whom I have believed. I know how he's going to lead me. I know how he brought me out. I know how he can bring me through. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to let that be troubling inside of me. I'm not going to let it take control. I'm going to yield myself to the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm not just trying to get an answer. I'm trying to get to the person. Because if I get to the person, he's got all the answers. He's the greatest counselor in the world. He's going to bring comfort to me. Oftentimes, though, we go into that place in tears. But when you come out of that place, come on, the Bible says you'll begin, you'll have joy. 
You might sow in tears, but you're going to reap in joy. Come on. Why? Because you're finding the person. We're pursuing after the person of Christ. You see Luke 24, 32. There are some guys going on the road to, to Emmaus. And in this time, the Bible says that Jesus manifested himself. These guys are walking and talking about Christ. They're talking about the Lord. And they're talking about what happened. And they're talking about the situations. They're talking about what they're going through. They're talking about different things. And the Bible says Jesus shows up. I tell you, when you begin to set your mind on things above and not on things beneath, when you begin to do that, look what these guys said. They have a conversation. And they said to one another, they said, did not our hearts burn within us? Why, he talked with us, by the way. Isn't that something? Did our hearts not burn within us? You know, John 16, 12. John 16, 12 says this. Jesus talking, he says, I still have many things to say to you. I love that. You want to know why? That means you don't know everything yet. There's a lot more that God has to say to you about things, about what you think you know, about Things of life, things about your person, things about how to get God, how to get to where you need to be, and, and then there it's not ended yet. Because you still have need, you still have something that God has for you to do and to fulfill. He says, There's things I've not I, I, I haven't said to you yet, but you can't bear them now. See, oftentimes we're trying to get an answer from God, and God might not be talking to you yet because you're not asking the right question. Because you're trying to find out an answer, but he wants to talk to you about you. Instead of about the other situation. Or maybe it's not about the other person or why this isn't happening or that's not happening. It might be about you. Are you hearing me right now? But you can't bear that yet. But there's some things he still wants to say to you. So come on. We want to get in our, our position so we can hear what he has to say. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Jesus is talking to his disciples here. And he told them at that time, he says, there's some things I, I, I'm going to talk to you about, but I can't talk to you about it right now. But I am going to talk to you about it. But you're going to have to know this person. Who, however, when he see the person of God, the very spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatsoever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine and declare it unto you. He says, I've got a lot more to say, but you can't handle it all at once. Not now, but when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. See, we need to learn to yield and desire to know the Holy Spirit. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying to me? What are you saying? What are you saying about this situation? What are you saying about my marriage? What are you saying about this? What are you saying about that? See, we don't want to turn him off because we think we know everything. As young Christians, often, many times, and babes, as we're growing and developing, we're generally talkative. But the Holy Spirit, he wants to convince you to listen so you might obey, so he can, might convince you of the truth. See, oftentimes what happens is, is, is we begin to try to fulfill our dreams instead of fulfill his dream. See, we have dreams. But God has a dream. He's delivered us out of the world. 
And he brings us into the kingdom of God. And when our dreams are fulfilled in him, come on, are you hearing me? That's because our heart is turned to him and we want to fulfill his dream. I guarantee you, God will fulfill your life. He'll fulfill the process you're going through. See, we don't want to lean back into our religious understandings. We don't want to go back to the creed of what we believe. We want to go into the, to the understanding and the development of this person of the Spirit of God so that we might know him more, that we might draw from him. And now, understanding this is so important because there's so much in the Word of God and understanding of his church and understanding of the, of the body of Christ, understanding of the kingdom of God, understanding of the world, understanding of various things. Remember the prodigal son? We oftentimes use the prodigal son as someone who has fallen away from Christ. We say he's a prodigal. He's fallen away. He's backslidden from God. But what did the father say of the son? He said he was dead. You remember that? When the son came back to the father, he said, my son who was dead is now alive. He had taken everything that he had received from the father and tried to use it for his own desires, his own satisfaction. Everything that he got, he was trying to get from the father to use for himself. And then when he figured out there was nothing there, that that isn't the way of God, that's not the way of the father, and it's much better to be in my father's house and to, and to, and to understand the father's understanding and receive from the father. I tell you, he turned, and he went back to the father. And he said, oh, forgive me, father. He said, hey, he met him. He come running and said, hey, come on. Let's do this thing. And he killed the fatted calf. Oh, I love that. You know, you might be away from God today. But today God is saying, draw near to me. Come to me. You know, the Bible has so many beautiful things to reveal to you about you and about him, about your relationship with God. Today, I want you to begin right now just to say, God, I hear your voice. You know, the Holy Spirit will give you understanding of his will. The Holy Spirit wants to convince you that you can do all things through Christ. He wants to convince you that you are made the righteousness of God in him. He wants to convince you today you can and are the forgiven. Just as you have been forgiven, you can also forgive someone else. You know, today the Holy Spirit wants to convince you that you can and do all things through Christ who strengthens you today. He wants to convince you that healing is yours. Miracles can happen for you. He wants to convince you today of who you are in him and who he is in you. He wants to convince you today of, some, of the truth. See, the Holy Spirit is not weird, but he is different than what man's cultural expectations are, even that's been brought into the church even that's been brought into our lives and even to our creeds to, to build various walls to say, okay, this is as far as I will change, as far as I will go. I love what Paul the Apostle said, and he's speaking of Paul, of Paul and Apollos. Paul said, we become fools for Christ, that we might know the excellency of who he is. I tell you, it's so important today. We need to quit debating and start believing. We need to quit debating through religious ideas. But we need to come to a place that we say, oh God, I just want to be a fool for you. I want to present you everywhere. 
I want to show your goodness of who you are and your love to all of the world. I want to show to the body of Christ just how good you are to knit together the body, not for my benefit, but for your kingdom benefit. See, that comes from commitment. When we get outside of the commitment, we're just committed to whatever is okay with us and whatever supplies to us, whatever, whatever benefits us. But when it's about him, when we become servants of Christ, it's not about what we get benefit from. It's about how we can benefit his will, his kingdom, his purposes, his heart. This is a place that we grow into. We can't be selfish-minded. That's immaturity. It's not about that. It's about him. It's about his understanding. You know, I've had people say, well, you know, I don't want to do those weird things that sometimes I've seen or heard of that other people do when they're filled with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus said, don't be afraid because he might make you a fool for him. He might humble you a little bit so he can take you into places that you've never been before that you can't get there without it. But whatever you keep back, well, that just belongs to you. But whatever you give up, and if you give your whole life, your whole heart, your whole mind, and let God do with you as it pleases him, if I can say that, he's going to take you into places you never dreamed of. He's going to take you beyond yourself. You know, I, I used to think of it, let me just say it like this. How many of you have ever been to a theme park before? You ever been to a theme park? Where roller coasters and all these different things are. How many like going to theme parks? You like riding a roller coaster? I like all that. You know, I remember some time ago, I took my kids to a theme park. And I remember this myself growing up. I went to a theme park, and man, there was a roller coaster on the inside. It made me queasy even looking at it, thinking about getting on it. You know what I'm talking about? Huh? You ever, you ever looked at something and go, man, I don't know if I'm going to ride that train. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get on that roller coaster. I don't know if I'm going to go through that. Why? Because there was a fear of the unknown. There was something there that, that made you, oh, I don't know, you know, kind of I'm out of control in that space. You know, one of the things I remember uh, it being a scary understanding. I want to show you something today. Can you put that pick up? You see that picture? And you know what happened after that? If you can see that picture, uh, that's me and my kids. I'm sitting behind them. I've got this huge grin, man. I'm having a blast. And, and as you can see in front, this was their first ride on a, on a roller coaster. And that's how they went on to it as well. Huh? But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Uh, this might be oftentimes you try to, you think, man, the Holy Ghost is going, you know, this thing, that's a little bit scary. That's a little bit weird. I'm not sure, man. I'm going to be out of control. What, what's going to happen? What are you going to do? What, what's going to happen? Uh, because I've heard that. Well, I don't, I'm afraid of that. No, see, you know what happened after that ride? First thing that they said, said, what? Can we do it again? Huh? Come on. That's the first thing that came out of their mouth. I'll tell you what, once you tasted the Holy Ghost, you don't want to go back. You're like, oh, God, can we do that again? God, can y'all hear your voice again? God, can you use me again? God, can you feel me like that again? Can you show me that again? Can you lead me like that again? Come on, can I have that experience with you again? I just want to get on there again. God, I want to ride that again. Come on, are you with me today? But if you never give up, get on, if you never, if you just look back and go, no, no, that's too weird, that's too scary, I'm not sure about that. 
That's not me. That's right, it's not you. It's him. There's too much of you and too too less of him. If that's your attitude, I guarantee you got too much of you still left in you, and and that means you haven't died enough yet to yourself. Are you hearing me today? But if you'll get into the place of saying, God, I'm chasing, I'm, I'm pursuing after you with my whole heart and everything that I am. God, I don't care what you have me do, what, what experience I have with you. God, I just want to know you. I'm pursuing after you to obey you, to fulfill your will, to know you. God, because I need to hear your voice. I need you to lead me and guide me. I'm not trusting everything that's out there in this world. God, I, I'm not going to be deceived. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to demonstrate you. I want to manifest you everywhere that I go. Come on, we're talking about pursuing the person of the Holy Ghost. See, being filled with the Holy Spirit is beneficial for you. Some people feel intimidated or even under some kind of self-condemnation. Sometimes people say, well, maybe I'm not measuring up or maybe because I haven't had that experience or this or that. But oftentimes, let me just tell you, that's what's keeping you back from it because you haven't experienced it before. Do you remember trying that food for the first time? Maybe you was a kid. Maybe, you, you know, you, you didn't, you know, somebody offered you some baked beans or something. And you're like, I don't like baked beans. But you didn't even try them. How do you know you don't like them? Are you hearing me? See, that's because that's who we are. But God says, hey, I want all of you. I want your whole heart. I want everything that you are. I want to produce in you what you can't produce. I want to take you in places that you can't get there by yourself. I want to present you before people that you, that you can't do it yourself. And, if you, and, and sometimes uh, we try to please this world rather than please God. See, getting to know him and allowing him to work in you, through you, teach you, guide you, and talk with you is a benefit to you. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.